some of the advice you would have for a guy like me who has that stable job, decent 401k, and you know, what, what am I really supposed to do? I don't have any confidence in that right now. Welcome to the FAQ show. This is Dan Mori here, and do we have a treat for you today? We have a special guest. His name is Ryan Lee. He's a co-founder of Cashflow Tactics. And before starting Cashflow Tactics, Ryan was already considered successful. He had a master's degree. He worked for a large Fortune 500 company, was managing large teams, inventory budgets. He was making a six-figure salary with benefits. He was maxing out his company-sponsored 401k. But nonetheless, Ryan still felt trapped. He realized that he found himself in that rat race, that endless, self-defeating, pointless pursuit where he was pouring his energy and resources into climbing the corporate ladder. But regardless of how hard he tried, he could not climb out of the maze as long as he continued to follow the same old advice of go to school, get a good job, and blindly put money into his qualified plan, deferring taxes and relying on the market. He was like the majority of people simply chasing his tail, waiting for wealth to arrive. But in 2008, just like the majority of people in America, he saw his retirement plans plummet, and he lost more than half of his accumulated life savings in a matter of months. And this event right here led Ryan on a journey of discovery, researching, learning, and studying as much as he could about wealth creation. And he developed a system that offered him more control over his family's financial outcome. And this system provided a detailed game plan and roadmap to finally climb out of that maze and exit the rat race in less than 10 years. And in today's episode, he's going to get into some of those specific principles of this plan and some of the very specific techniques that you can deploy as well in your financial strategy to take control over your financial freedom. Hey guys, welcome back to the FAQ show. We do have a really special episode today. We have Ryan D. Lee from Cashflow Tactics. So Ryan, how's it going? Hey, it's going great, Sharif. I'm so excited to be part of your community and to be on the podcast with you today, man. Absolutely. I uh, have been following what you guys have been doing. Your community that you're building right now, I think you just launched a new program. Is that correct? Yeah. So what we, you know, for us, we've done everything behind closed doors for several years now. And for the first time we're, we're coming out from behind closed doors to the sense that we're allowing people to jump in to a free Facebook community and a challenge to see what it is we're doing, to see what it is that, you know, the strategy that we offer and how it works and more than anything to see if it's right for them. Sure. And, and let's, let's just kind of, I want to just hear a little bit of background from you. I mean, my, I know uh, a bit of your background, but probably our audience doesn't. And um, so just, just share with me how you got your start in your business and, and kind of a couple of the different things that, that brought you to where you are today. Yeah, that's great, man. Um, honestly, you know, the reason this business exists is because I didn't know what to do financially. And, you know, I, I jokingly, but in all seriousness, I tell people cash flow tactics was started for me. It was my journey to help me become financially free. And, you know, I did everything traditionally. I was listening to one of your earlier episodes where you talked about money and what is money. And for me, money was something that you shouldn't pursue. Something, money was something that was scarce. You know, there were always kids starving in Africa and there were not enough money to go around and all of those type of mentalities. And so for me, you know, I went to college, I did everything right. I got my degree, I got my job, I got my paychecks, I put all my money in a 401k and I kept telling myself, that's what you do. And, you know, 
the further down that corporate rabbit hole I went, the more I felt like I was losing myself. And I kept, you know, in the back of my mind telling myself, this is just what you do. And one day I'll have enough money that I can figure out what I want to do with my life. But, you know, some things happened that fortunately allowed me to wake up and to realize, number one, I have a bigger purpose in life than working for 40 years and hoping that one day my life will actually work out. It, it set me down a path of being way more intentional. And I realized what was holding me back was money, right? And, you know, we live in a world that money is a currency to get what you want. It is the, the vehicle and the tool that we use to transact. And for me, I had a job or I had a house, I had kids, I had bills. So I had to have money. But what I wanted was I wanted to be more intentional with my time. I wanted that elusive idea of financial freedom. And that's ultimately what started this cash flow tactics. I started going down the rabbit hole of alternative investing, of real estate investing, of high cash value life insurance. And honestly, man, I did everything wrong. <laughs> but along the way of doing almost everything wrong, I found a few things that actually work. And that's what we pieced together to really be a strategy that we use today inside of cash flow tactics. Yeah, that, that's, that's amazing. And that's really what drew me to start looking into what you guys are doing. And so I, I think I, I'm in a very kind of similar position possibly to what you were then where I'm in a corporate job and I, I've been, it's fantastic uh, in terms of the uh, benefits and, and the income and everything that it's been able to provide up until now. But I'm not comfortable with the 401k, uh, just being there and, and relying on that and, and maybe social security and, and different things for the quote unquote retirement. It just doesn't give me any comfort at all. And so I'm really interested just kind of to, to dive into some of the uh, advice you would have for, for a guy like me who you know, has that stable job, has that decent 401k and you know, what, what am I really supposed to do? I don't have any confidence in that <laughs> right now. Yeah, man, honestly, that, that's the hardest part. Because if you look at the world, you're doing everything right, Sharif. You really are. You've got a good job. You've got good income. And you're probably maxing out your 401k and you're getting your company-sponsored match. And if you do that, right, the, the, the carrot at the end of the, the rope is one day you're going to have enough money. Now, Sharif, here's the reality. You know, I work with people now in a very real financial planning strategy stuff. And, you know, the people that have followed all the rules, I'll, I'll be honest with you, when I started doing this publicly, uh, most of the people that came my way were the people that had followed all the rules. They, they were the ones that had been in the career, high earning career, they'd saved money, they've ridden the ups and the downs of the market, and they had nowhere near enough to retire. And you can Google it today, right? And, you know, just put retirement, retirement crisis, social security, and you'll see that that stuff isn't working. But yet the, the, the odd thing about it is even though it's not working for, for the people that have followed this 30 year experiment every single year and have done everything right, that's still what we're taught to do. We're still taught to blindly put our money in a 401k, blindly hope that it works out, blindly hope that taxes stay lower or stay low when we retire and all of those things. And, you know, for me, as I looked at that, you know, very literally, that is the definition of insanity, right? We're doing the same thing that everyone else is doing, but yet somehow, some way, at least I was hoping for or and even expecting a different outcome. And as I started going into the world of investing, my first goal was to try to do it better. You know, if, if my 401k is going to give me an 8% return, how do I get a 10% return? If, if right. Dave Ramsey's program is going to give me 10% return, how do I get a 12% return? And I started to try to play this plus one game. 
And the further down the rabbit hole I realized, I got to a point where I realized none of that would ever work. And that was at first kind of scary, but then it was empowering. If traditional finance in any form or fashion wasn't going to work, it allowed me to take a step back and say, okay, what does work? How do the self-made financially free people, how do they make money? And that's what ultimately led me to doing things not just better than everyone else, but doing the exact opposites. Yeah. And, and I know there's several strategies that you guys recommend, but before we kind of really look at those and, and, and dig into those, I, I know that you share several principles that you have about money. And I just want our audience to kind of get a framework of what those principles are and, and, and really how they impacted you and, and how you kind of came up with some of those principles in regards to money and how you handle things. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I think the first principle and one of the most empowering principles is, you know, asking yourself, and this is a great thing that we can discuss right here, right? I mean, please, what is the purpose of all long-term savings? When you look at your 401k, how can you look at your 401k and say, I am winning. I am on track, right? And before, you know, going into what we talk about at Cashflow Tactics, I didn't know how to measure that, right? I saw my 401k going up, you know, it would kind of roller coaster a little bit, but overall it went up and your 401k overall is going to go up and everyone else's 401k overall will go up. So how can we look at that and say, yes, I'm on track and I know exactly where I'm going. I know exactly where I'm at and I know how to bridge the gap. If I want to retire or be free in five years, 10 years or 15 years, I know how to measure my progress to that outcome. And the first time I sat down to really look at that, I realized I have no idea. Like how much money do I need to actually have? And that was the big realization is having a clear definitive outcome and knowing how to win in financial planning. And you know what the, the, the downside of traditional stuff, the 401ks and the mutual funds and all of that stuff, it's all based on your net worth, right? Mm -hmm. If you get a big enough sum of money, hopefully one day you'll have a big enough sum of money to buy your time back. But no one knows, like no one, no one knows what that sum of money needs to be. And that means you can never win, right? If you, and if you don't know what it is and you can never win, whenever you go talk to a traditional financial person, there's zero accountability in the conversation because what's the answer? Don't worry about it. You're in it for the long run. Just yeah. put your head back down. Don't, don't think about the outcome. Don't think about where you're going. Just put your head down and follow, follow in line. But the problem with that is I, I did that and, you know, basically in 2008, 2009, I had, you know, let's say 50,000 in an account and it went to 25 um, and I, that, that was like such a eye opening. And that's why I don't have that, that feeling of safety or, or a feeling of assurance that even if I have 200, $300,000 in an account today, will it really be a million and a half? by the 2 million, 3 million, whatever it might need to be at retirement. It, there's just, there's just no kind of, of safety there. Well, and that's the other thing. I mean, there's no safety. And then like what you just said, will I it don't know what the number is. <laughs> that's crazy, right? That's crazy. Yeah. So yeah. that's, that's principle number one is, and, and we go through this in the game plan and you've seen a game plan. So it's, it's really fun to do this. Like, you can't save your way to financial freedom. If you've ever read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, he talks about this Absolutely. idea of savers or losers. And when I first read that, honestly, man, it hurt my feelings. I mean, I was a good saver. And I thought this dude's crazy. You know, saving is everything I've been taught from a, a, a kid up. You work for it hard, you save hard and one day, right? 
And the reason he talks about you can't save your way to financial freedom is the rules around being free have changed. And most people don't realize that or understand it. But if you're playing by an outdated set of rules and you're following an outdated program with, with a very vague end line in place, you'll never win. You'll never be financially free. You'll never be able to retire. And that is why there is a retirement crisis on our hands right now. So when you say the rules have changed, what do you mean by that? Yeah. And this is the crazy part. I mean, and we all experience it. We never put our finger on it. So, you know, one of the easiest ways to understand this, I, I just turned 40, right? And so I've been in, you know, I've been, I've been a driver. If you want to just, we'll use that analogy. I, I drive a car and I put gas in a car. And I remember when I very first got my driver's license way back in the day, I could fill up a tank of gas for about, you know, a dollar. It was less than a dollar a gallon. And I remember when it first went over a dollar, I was thinking, man, that's crazy. Gas is so expensive. And now today, what is it? It's, I don't know, four bucks a gallon, right? And if you look around every aspect of your life, the cost of living continually goes up. And sure. so that's the silent tax of inflation. Now, we all experience that. We all feel it. It happens so slow that we hardly even notice it. But when Robert Kiyosaki talks about the rules of money have changed, the reason you can't save your way to financial freedom is you understand what a million dollars is today. You understand what it will buy you today. But if you project that forward to 65, the numbers get insane, right? The same standard of living that you understand today, projected forward with inflation, a million dollars today, you'll need, you know, $4 million just to have the same lifestyle that you understand today. And so sure. just because of inflation, there's lots of other components around it, but because of inflation alone, that's why Robert Kiyosaki says you can't save your way to financial freedom. And man, the math proves it out. When you went through, when we went through your game plan, remember that number that we showed you? Yeah. It's a punch to the gut, isn't it? Sure. It's not possible. And that, that's why, that's why we, we tell people like the first rule of becoming financially free and especially we're, we're a little bit, I don't know if abrasive is the right word, but we, we are abrasive by, by, in, by intention. It's not that we want to, you know, throw rocks at everyone, but what we want people to understand is if you want an outcome, a definitive outcome, financial freedom, and we'll talk about what that means. And if you want that outcome, you can't follow outdated rules and strategies that aren't working. So rather than being diversified, Go be focused and get the outcome that you're looking for. So rule number one, principle number one for us is net worth. That's not your measuring stick. Financial freedom is simple. It's when your cash flow from your assets exceeds your expenses. Yeah. And if you start to measure your financial plan based off of that, you stop looking at what is my growth of my assets. Because yes, that matters, but it doesn't. You start looking on how much income your assets generate for you. And that's a whole different lens to measure the effectiveness of what you're doing. So the motto of your company um, is to be financially free in under 10 years or less, correct? Correct. Is, did I say that right or is that? Yep, that's it. Financial okay. free in 10 years or less, regardless of your age, your income, or your experience. And, and that, I mean, that sounds kind of maybe unattainable to most people. That, that sounds kind of way out there, but after digesting a lot of the different content you put out and the strategies and everything like that, they're, first of all, they're very simple, the stuff that you recommend. Um, and it, it is attainable. And so why, I guess my question to you is why do you think in today's society that having financial freedom is somehow this unattainable thing? How, why, why is that? I mean, I, I think we need to focus on, really having the ability to reach those points. Totally. 
and man, there's two ways we can take this conversation. And you've seen some of our conversations where we can go to the bottom of the rabbit hole. I believe there, in order for society to function under the, the normal mentality that we're used to functioning today, what's required? It's required for you to go to school. When you're in school, because you can't afford it, take out government-sponsored debt, right? Then you're in a job. And because you can't afford to retire, you're in a job for 40 years, best case scenario, right? Right. And during that 40 years, you're paying off government-sponsored debt. You're, you know, putting money in a government-sponsored 401k plan. And if you think about all of this stuff, and then when you can't retire because you don't have enough money, what do you rely on? Government-sponsored Social Security. Like, I mean, right. if you think about all of the, the, the dependencies along the way, and whether we want to say it's conspiracy theory or not, who knows. But at the end of the day, you're not empowered. The average American isn't empowered, which means they rely on forces external to them, which makes, you know, those forces more and more valuable, right? Government and regulations and rules and social security and taxes and all of that stuff to support the fact that most people will never retire. Our motto, the reason we're abrasive is I don't believe anyone will ever, 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 ever care more about the success of your financial plan than you, period. And so when we say financial freedom in 10 years or less, that's our outcome. But what we're really about, and you know this, it's about empowering you. And the very first thing around empowering you is helping you rise up and take control over your financial plan. Take control over what money is, what, you're, what, what it's meant to do for you. Because yes, it's meant to support a lifestyle. But at the end of the day, it's not meant to keep you trapped. It's meant to make you free if you know how to use it. And so, so that really one. comes from like understanding, right? Yeah. That, that comes from understanding those things. And you, you put that, you put a ton of time and, and, and uh, information together on just, you need to change how you think about money and how you think about cash flow and, and, and building uh, from there. So that's, that's totally important. The other reason I think that, that for most people, financial freedom is unattainable, at least based on having a traditional outlook on, on life and money, is we're used to devaluing ourselves. We're used to having things come easy to us to a certain extent. And we know what areas in life we have to work for and what areas in life that we, we're told we don't have to work for. And we're kind of told that retirement planning, you don't have to work for it. You go to school, right? You know you've worked for that. You get your degree, you've worked for that. You get your paycheck, you work for that. But then everything else should be autopilot, right? Just blindly put your money in. And one day, that non-accountability, one day you're going to have enough money. Everything will work magically for you. The stock market, the taxes, you know, your financial advisor, your mutual funds, everything's going to be magic. And one day you're going to have enough money. And the reality of that is anything in life that we value, I mean, just take our financial hat off for a minute. Anything in life that you value, it doesn't come free. I don't believe you wake up one day and you're financially free. You become free by putting time, effort, and attention into it. So what we do, we don't, and you know it, it's not like you put your money in a couple of accounts and voila, you're free. You have to have a whole different mindset around money and take different steps, but it does require you to take action and then you earn your ability to be free. Wow. Yeah, that's... That is, that's awesome. So let's, let's go into after we kind of get the education and really understand money and change our mindset of, of first of all, what's possible and also try to get away from all of the, the, the advice and everything that we've gotten up to, up to this point. And cause we know that just, just dumping in your 401k and your IRAs and, and things like that, where at certain times, those are tools that you need and, and you, you may want those structured, but what is it that you would recommend. I think you guys, you guys specifically deal in really building cash flow. Is that correct? 
hundred percent. Yep. So what I recommend is, and this, you know, <laughs> it's so funny. It's, it's fun to say it. It's hard to hear it sometimes, but the very first thing that I tell people, and, and you got this in our education is 97% of traditional financial advice is dangerous, misleading, or it's outright wrong. And I tried this for a long time, Sharif. I, you know, as I was going down this rabbit hole of cash flow investing and high cash value life insurance and the things that we talk about in, in cash flow tactics, I tried to keep my foot in both camps, right? I still had my 401k. I still got a company sponsored match and I told myself that was free money. Um, so I still tried to do a little bit of both. But the further down the path I got and I saw the results that I directly had control over outside of my 401k and I could impact and I could predict. And then I looked at my 401k and I realized I don't control it. I can't impact it. I can't predict it. And that free money, because yes, I got my company sponsored match, that mm -hmm. was costing me more than it was worth. Right? If I couldn't be free, if I couldn't buy my time back, if I couldn't predict the outcome, that company sponsored match, it was just a handcuff. And so the, I'll never forget the day I let go. When I let go of it, I was scared. I was nervous. But when I went all in on the plan that we talk about, I had a level of focus. And think about, again, take your financial hat off and put your life hat on. Right. The area of life that you focus in, that's when you get results. And by definition, when we say financial freedom in 10 years or less, we don't do that because it sounds fun. We do that because with an element of focus and with the right strategy, of course it's possible. But without it, then we're back to, okay, if you're not going to focus on it and you're going to take a passive approach to it, then yeah, you're in a 40-year game, hopefully. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so with the cash flow, so what, what it, how, how, do we, how do we build cash flow? How do, we, how do we get that started? I mean, my audience, they're investors, they're entrepreneurs, um, you know, they're, they're just guys that are, are trying to get ahead. Yeah, totally. I love that. And, and honestly, this is why when I say 97% is dangerous, misleading or wrong, there are three things. And without going into all the detail, we have a very specific formula or a framework that we talk about to say, look, if you want to go fast with money, there's a few things that actually work to help you do it. And for business owners, you know, our, your, your best investment that you can ever make is in yourself. It's in your ability to be able to um, invest in your ability to create value and then exchange that value with the marketplace. Whether you do that in a career or you do that in a business or you do it as an entrepreneur, whatever it is, that is your best investment. Go figure out how to make money. Once you've made money, then you've got to figure out how to get off the roller coaster of, you know, it's up and it's down, it's up and it's down in the stock market. So how do we keep the money that you're making, right? And that's where we use high cash value life insurance. And most people are like, what the heck are you talking about? So we use it as a place to keep money and then to leverage our money to buy cash flowing assets. Now, this is in the beginning where I did just about everything wrong. <laughs> you know, I read Rich Dad Poor Dad and he talks about real estate and cash flow. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. I'm going to go be a real estate investor, right? And without knowing what I was doing, I was just stupid enough to keep going, which I'm grateful for. But I had a full-time career. And man, I worked 50, 60 hours easy in a week. And then on the we all do, yeah. Oh, I'm on the weekends, I'm trying to find houses. If I found a house, then I'm trying to rehab a house. If I rehab it, then I'm trying to get a tenant in the house. And if I got a tenant in the house, then I'm trying to collect the rent. And like, you know, I saw this, this, this idea of cash flowing real estate, but before I knew it, I had three homes and I was totally broken, right? I had a full-time career and I had a part-time job in real estate. And when you factored in the time required to run that part-time job in real estate, man, I might as well go work at McDonald's. It was the same thing. 
right? And so that's where I realized, man, I can't do real estate. I can't, like every house I add onto this portfolio, it's adding on more time. And I'm actually getting further away from what I want, which is financial freedom, owning my time. Yeah. So I almost quit. I'm grateful I didn't. You know, I, I had to get clear on it. Just like, you know, if you look at a CEO of a company, that CEO of a company can't do all the technical work inside of the company. He or she can direct the work getting done and oversee an outcome. And I, I kind of looked at myself the same way. How do I become the CEO of a real estate portfolio? And for the first time, I opened myself up to the possibility, I don't have to find the property. I don't have to rehab the property. I don't have to renovate the property. I don't have to collect rent. What if I hired someone to do all of that stuff for me? And I, you know, they get paid, obviously, because they're putting in their time and their sure. expertise to get an outcome. And what if I could buy the right home that would give me a high enough margin after I've paid out someone to do all the work that it was profitable for me and profitable for the individual. And that's what created all of it. And so you create cash flow there. And so help, help me understand that process. So you're finding or, or, or you, you deal with companies and, and hire people that find properties and get them to a point where you can purchase them and they deal with the management and they deal with all of that? Totally. So today, most people would refer to that. If you're familiar with at least the idea of what this is, most people refer to that as turnkey real estate. So there are people that have businesses and their business is to find property, rehab property, renovate it, sell it to an investor, and then manage it for them on the back end. That is their entire business. Now, there's like any business, there's people that are not very good at it and there's people that are amazing at doing it. And so part of it as an investor is, again, this is where we have to break the mentality that you get a passive return. This is not a mutual fund. You don't properly diversify. You have to know exactly what you're buying. You have to know exactly how to forecast what the real expenses are and the expected expenses will be and buy the right property in the right place with the right team. Now, that might sound intimidating. It's yeah. not hard. Um, but that's really what we specialize in. We specialize in, okay, you go make money. You're your best investment. We'll help you keep the money that you make and convert what you're keeping into cash flow. And the best part about it is once you've seen it and once you know it's going to, like, like it works once, you just push the repeat button. You do it over and over and over and over again. You have a very clear target in mind, right? You know exactly what you're going for. And like with a game plan, which is what we specialize in, we help you bridge the gap to understand this is where you're at. This is where you're going. Here's what's required to get from point A to point B. So that's a pretty kind of daunting thing that you talk about there is purchasing a property, depending on those other people uh, to find the property to, to, to show you, you do your own due diligence, obviously, and understand and make that right purchase. Um, I understand that you're not always purchasing in the, in the area where you live. You're possibly purchasing a couple States away. Um, so, how, like, make me comfortable with that idea. <laughs> you know, what, how are you comfortable? And you've gone through it, obviously. I'm, I'm sure you own many properties and, and are doing that. And, and so taking that plunge, how do, I, how do I get myself comfortable to take that plunge? Dude, it's scary. There's no easy way to do it. I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's like diving off the diving board for the first time, right? I remember, so I've got a 12-year-old daughter, and I remember when we were first teaching her how to swim, you know, we taught her how to swim and then, you know, we wanted her to have the courage to dive off, literally dive off a diving board at our, where we live. There's this recreation center, I guess. And they, it's not really a diving board. They have like this uh, rock cliff kind of, but it's not really rock. You know, you dive off there and all the kids were doing it. She was super scared. And so what we did is we said, okay, look, Kiana, if you dive off the diving board, if you dive off this cliff, 
we'll give you a mermaid tail. She wanted a mermaid tail, right? <laughs> and that was just enough of an incentive for her to get up, face her fears, and take a step forward. Now, she had all the right skills. She had all the right tools. She wasn't diving off into the deep end and didn't know how to swim. She knew how to do it, but it did require her taking a step forward. And, you know, the first time she did it, she was super scared, but she got her mermaid tail. But then she realized she can do it. And the second time she did it, she was less scared. And the third time she did it, she was less scared. And by the fourth, fifth, tenth, twentieth time, eventually she got to the point where not only was she not scared, she was empowered. And honestly, Sharif, that's what it takes. Like it is scary and there's no easy way to sugarcoat it. But what it takes is it takes an understanding of you leveling up because real estate is an asset class and we all know it. Like the people that are independently wealthy, they almost every single, 90% of them have one thing in common real estate, right? If it is the tool of the wealthy, how do we step in and become the, the, the individual that we need to become to get the outcome of real estate that we want? Now for every success story, there's probably 10 times more horror stories. And that's people bringing the same mentality that they have in a mutual fund to the, to the real estate world, thinking it's a passive, you know, endeavor. Now it, in, it, it has to be built or it has to be purchased in a way that you're confident that you're going to get a result. So you know, we have some very clear mathematical parameters of the property has to do X, Y, Z to get the outcome that we're looking for. We have some very clear, you know, location parameters that we have to buy in these specific areas to get the outcomes we're looking for. But at the end of the day, here's what it is, Sharif. The investment is always people. Like the house isn't actually the investment. The house mm -hmm. is the bait or the lure to get someone to come live in the house. And then you actually have a relationship with the, with the person in the house. Sure. Now, if you're not going to manage that, your investment is with your property manager. That's where most of your success will be made. So much of what we do, we just help people understand, look, your expertise is in whatever you do. My expertise is in what I do, but there are people that really love the game of real estate. You know, Jimmy inside of our community, that guy's crazy, but guess what? He loves real estate. And I love that he loves real estate because now I can hire Jimmy and have very clear expectations of what I want from real estate. And I get to deal with Jimmy. And the more I invest in Jimmy, the better outcomes I get. Right. So, so that's what you guys bring to the table. You connect your students and, and everything with those people, right? To, to a certain extent, but the okay. reality is we're not like, we're not the only people in town, right? I mean, you sure. can go find lots of turnkey providers out there before you ever buy your piece of real estate. You should probably go visit these people and put a face to the name, get to know who they are, how long have they been in business, what areas are they buying real estate in, how do they rehab and renovate their properties, talk to other people that have, have bought properties from them, find out what their long-term experience is, not just the last couple months, but that's really what this is all about. And there's people that, that, are, that have been in this game for 20 years, right? And they're bringing 20 years of results and expertise to the table. So yeah. when, you, when you know what you're looking for and you know how to really be an investor, then you really understand, okay, I'm going to buy the right house in the right location with the right team. And I'm going to do it over and over and over again until I hit my target. Awesome. So the next piece or, or not necessarily the next piece, it's, it's one of the pieces is what you call your vault. And you know, that is, is, is basically a whole life insurance policy set up I mean, I'll let you describe it, but it's set up in such a way that it builds cash flow. Um, let's talk about that. And, you know, obviously some people, when they right away, when they hear whole life insurance, they don't understand it and they don't, they, they think it's going to be expensive or there's downsides and why am I not just investing it? Um, but like, 
just go through a little bit of that with me as to as to what you would recommend uh, from from that side of the investment. Love that question. So here's I'm going to take you back on a little bit of history lesson for me. I, I, I was getting my master's degree in finance at the time because I thought, man, I'm just not making enough money. If I made more money and I put more money into my 401k, maybe it would go faster. And so I, I my company paid for me to go get a, a nighttime you know master's degree. And so. Right as I started this, that's when I was starting this alternative investing side of things. And I remember like I, over the first maybe couple months, I started to realize, I don't think I'm going to stay in the corporate world. And not only am I not going to stay in the corporate world, I'm going to go down this rabbit hole of becoming an investor and, and owning and controlling my time. And I remember sitting in the back of my corporate finance classes and I was kind of like the, the kid reading a comic book, right? I mean, you know, the, the instructors up there talking about corporate finance and I'm in the back reading all these investment books. And I remember I started coming across books of individuals, wealthy individuals that had kept and are keeping the majority of their money or a large portion of their money in high cash value life insurance. And just like you, when I first learned that, I'm like, what is, what are you talking about? But I thought life insurance was, if I die, my, my family's going to be okay. And for most of the world, that's what life insurance is. However, for the wealthy, the people that aren't just doing finance better than the average individual, they're doing the exact opposite. They've used life insurance contracts for years, for generations, for decades to store wealth. And the reason for that, life insurance is one of only three investments when structured the right way can actually be a place where money can grow and can be accessed tax-free. So all it is, we build life insurance as an investment grade life insurance policy. We call it a vault. That's because we're marketing it. It's a whole life life insurance policy sure. and it's maximum funded. And all that means, what, all we do is we figure out how much the individual wants to put into a policy. And that's unique for every individual. You know, some people come to the table and they're going to save $20,000 a year. Some people come to the table and they're going to drop, you know, a quarter million in up front and then a little bit every single year thereafter. So every policy is designed unique, but it's designed right up to the IRS limit, which means most of the money that you're putting into the policy is going towards an investment component in the policy. We buy the least amount of death benefit in the most cost-effective way to keep it qualified as life insurance so we get the tax benefit. And then we max fund the policy and put as much money in as, as you want to, to, to have the money growing and compounding in a very unique way. So what the policy does is the insurance company comes to the table and says, okay, hey, guess what, Sharif? We're going to guarantee you a guaranteed interest rate for the rest of your life. You have a guaranteed rate of return on the cash inside of your policy. In addition to that, we're working with, they're called private companies or mutual companies. They're not publicly traded. You can't buy stock in them, but you get to participate in their profitability. Now, we don't recognize this very often, but we've probably all seen these companies, companies like New York Life, right? They mm -hmm. have this really sophisticated name. That's a that's not a publicly traded company. They're a private company and people that have these type of policies get to participate in the form of a dividend in the profitability of New York life, which has been in business now for 200 years. They've paid a dividend every single year they've been in business. So now my money's in a place where it's safe, it's private, it's protected, it's growing, it's tax free. And the biggest advantage of all of it is while my money's growing and compounding, the insurance company gives us the ability, the unique opportunity to leverage our capital. So we get to take what's called a policy loan. And okay. let's just say, for example, you've got $50,000 of cash value. Now that cash value is compounding and growing, earning a rate of return every year, tax-free. But I get to leverage that $50,000. And the way I like to think about it, if you're not familiar with insurance, is think about it kind of like a home equity line of credit. 
right? If you have equity in your home, you can go to the bank and say, hey, I want to leverage the equity in my home and go do something, right? I'm going to maybe improve my home or maybe I'm going to go pay off my debt or something like that. You get to do the same thing with your policy. You get to leverage the cash of your policy as a line of credit to go do other things. But even though you've leveraged that line of credit, you'll still earn the full compounding rate of return on the full equity balance of your policy. Yeah, I don't want to gloss over that. That's really amazing because, and I think that's one of the most powerful pieces to what we're talking about besides the tax advantage. That's, that's gigantic as well, but you're basically using your money twice because it's going to be earning the interest and and the dividend and compounding and, and going through that. But you're also able to then take that out and I'm guessing, you know, invest in real estate and, uh, you know, get that cash flow going so that you can grow that further and then pay that back. And then all of a sudden it's a cycle, right? Is that, I mean, I, I've, I've went through your stuff, but that, that seems what it is. <laughs> and here's where we start to realize that financial freedom in 10 years is possible. Like in right. a mutual fund, you put your money in a mutual fund, it sits there. You hope that the market does what it does. And one day you'll have enough money. If we're willing to look at a different way, what if your money was in a place where it's growing, it's compounding, it's safe, it's private, it's protected, it's eliminated from market volatility, and you can leverage it. Now your money is earning a rate of return in a policy. You can leverage that money, pull it out, and then go buy a piece of cash flowing real estate. Now your money's working in two assets at the same time, and you just repeat the process. You use the cash flow to put the money back in your vault, in your life insurance policy, to replenish your ability to borrow again, and the first time you do it, it takes some time. One house paying off one policy loan, it's not going to happen overnight. But if you do it twice, right, now you have two homes cash flowing, paying off a policy loan, it goes twice as fast. Mm -hmm. Third time you do it, now it goes three times as fast and four times as fast. And man, this is how we start to generate momentum. And this is the last piece of our financial freedom formula is velocity. The faster your money moves, the faster you achieve financial freedom. If it's stagnant, if it just sits in a mutual fund, good luck, right? It's just you're it's just not going to work. But the mm -hmm. faster you can move your money, the faster you achieve financial freedom. Yeah, I, I get that. Um, that's, that's something that drew me to, to this, uh, this concept. Uh, so let's, let's look at the vault really quick. Um, what are like, how early in life could you set up a vault? Like if there, if, let's, let's talk about a young person who's graduating college. He's, just getting into the workforce, maybe he's making 40,000, you know, maybe he's making 50, something like that. Uh, he has all these options, all these ideas, all these things he could do. Should he go right out there in, in his early twenties and, and set up a policy? That's really interesting. And this is why, you know, everything that we do, it comes back to your game plan. Like it's really, I think it's really dangerous for, for anyone to stand up and say, everyone should do this, right? Gotcha. There's principles that, that we want to follow, but early on, like your best investment might be reinvesting back in your ability to grow and scale your business, right? That's sure. probably the best thing for you to do at that point. But at some point, you're going to want to tip the teeter-totter. You don't want to always be dumping money back into your business because a lot of people inside of their business, they feel broke. Like their business, even though it generates a lot of revenue, they have nothing to show for it because they've shoveled all their money back in their business. They live out of their business bank accounts and sometimes they're on the moon and sometimes they're in the gut, right? And so you've got to figure out what's right for you. But the number one thing I hear from people is why didn't I, like, why didn't I talk to you 20 years ago? Exactly. At some point you've got to get to, you've got to be responsible enough to say, okay, this is what I'm making, but it's not what I make. It's what I keep. That's going to help me become free. 
So you've got to figure out a way to start pulling money out of your personal economy, out of your business, out of your earned income. That's the money that we work with to create financial freedom. For some people, it happens really early in their life. For some people, it happens later in their life. But the faster you can get to that point where you're living on less than you're making and taking that money with a very intentional purpose of creating that or taking that savings and converting it into freedom, the faster your game plan gets going. So I'm going to, I'm going to challenge you a little bit in that let's, let's say, you know, let's say this is Timmy, you know, let's really focus on him. I understand that we don't want to make, make this blanket statement that everything is, this is what everybody should do. And and I totally agree with that. You have to go through the game plan and understand what's right for you. But let's just say a younger person, um, is there advantages to, if he sees that there's benefit in this, he, he wants to be investing in real estate, um, you know, a, a year or two from now, is it, is there, is there a too early, uh, point for, for whole life or, or, oh. I've got three kids. Guess what, man? All three of my kids have whole life policies. All three of them have policies. Now up to this point, I've been the one putting money in and I use it as a teaching tool. There's not, you can get a policy at age zero or at age 80, right? So it doesn't really matter when you get the policy. What matters is your intention behind what you're going to do with it. And so to your point, if we've got Timmy and Timmy's focused on being free, if that's what his primary driver is, he wants to be free and he's willing to make money and be empowered with how to keep it, then absolutely. Timmy should set up a policy. We leverage the policy to go buy cash flowing real estate and we push the repeat button. We focus, we focus, we focus, we double down. He's, he focuses on increasing his human life value to create more value and make more money. And no matter how much money he makes, he gets disciplined to the point that he's living on less than he makes. And he's pulling that savings out and converting it into freedom. So I hear your passion for this. I absolutely can tell that this is something that drives you and you just want to uh, tell everyone about this and, and, you know, as many people see it, just, just run with them alongside them and help them get to that point. Just like, what does that, is that what drives you? I mean, I guess I'm assuming that, but just, just share with me your passion behind this and, and, and why uh, this is such an important thing that we need to look at. Yeah, man. Um, Sharif, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know much about your personal you know, career, but I, I just, I felt like, and I feel like the majority of the people that I encounter, and I, I remember in the corporate world, like I had a lot of coworkers and most of those co- coworkers were miserable. Right? They would, they would push, the, push the snooze button over and over and over again in the morning because they didn't want to wake up and have to face the day. And when they finally got out of bed, they shoveled in some breakfast really quick, if anything, maybe just a, a cup of coffee. They got in their car, they commuted for an hour, they sat at a cubicle or their desk or whatever they did, and they took orders from a boss, they gritted it out, they grinded it out, and they waited for Friday. Right. And Friday was their little, little teeny piece of freedom. And they would go blow their minds out, you know, go, go crazy, go have fun, go do whatever and try to forget their reality for a day and a half and wake up on Sunday and do it again. And man, I was that same guy. Every Sunday night, I would jump up and down and slap my, I'm not even kidding, slap myself in the face because I knew what Monday morning meant. And I just kept telling myself, this is what you do. This is what everyone's doing. This is just the way life is. And inside of me, I had this voice, I had this nagging, I had this, this drive that I was meant for more. And I thought in the beginning I was going to find it in my career. And I climbed the corporate ladder. And the more I climbed, the more I lost of what I really wanted in life. I believe, Sharif, that every single person 
has unique talents, gifts, and, and things that they can do. You can do things that I can't do. Those things come natural to you. Those are your unique gifts. I can do things that you can't do, and those are my natural gifts. And the more I can be on intentional and purposeful of living my life, focused on my unique talents and abilities, the only satisfaction I get out of those talents and abilities is when I put them in service for someone else. And I get tremendous satisfaction out of doing that. And I believe the reason we see so many problems just compounding and growing in the world, like it doesn't matter who gets elected next presidency cycle, those, these problems are massive. And the reason for it, most of the world is living their life asleep. They're not exercising their unique talents and abilities. They keep telling themselves one day and that day never comes. And they're trapped by money. And my drive, my passion, my fuel is to free people to live a purpose-driven life. I don't believe in retirement. I don't believe money's meant to sit you on the beach for the rest of your life. I believe that people get fulfillment, they get satisfaction out of exercising their talents in the service of other people. And that's my entire drive behind everything we do. Wow, I, I love that. And I feel your passion uh, coming through. And so I, I know you have a lot of success stories already. I've, I've talked to different people that, that have had that success. Can you, can you just share with us kind of some of, some of the things, some, how many people or, or uh, maybe not how many, but just, you know, the success that you guys have had and, and you know, what that means and, and just share as much yeah. as you can on that. That's awesome. I, I love that you're asking that. So we just did uh, uh, our first live event, right? We faced the, the, this, we were nervous about doing it, but we invited everyone to come to Utah. We did a live event just last year, uh, closing out 2019. And we added up the results that we've had. So cash flow tactics has existed for about two years now. Now we've okay. been working with people in this financial hemisphere for about seven years. But what we did up to that point is we gave them very vague, like we would help educate them. But then we said, okay, here's your education. Go figure it out. Like I can't do the taxes for you. I can't do the real estate for you. This is what works for me. You go do it. Right. And, and you know, we had people taking a step, but they, they didn't know how to do it. They felt alone. And so a couple of years ago, my business partner and I, Brad and I, we sat down and we said, okay, man, we've got to put a comprehensive program together. It was always our vision, always our dream. So we shut everything down. And for about six months, we worked on putting together what you now know as cash flow tactics, the courses, the videos, the, the platform, the game plan, everything. And when we relaunched it, we relaunched to say, look, our strategy hasn't changed. We're just now going to bring everything to the table. Not only will you have a game plan, not only will you have a vault, not only will you have connection with the real estate you know, that you need, we are going to coach you every single week because you don't know what questions to ask until you're going through that, that process. When you buy your first property, it sounds sexy in the beginning, but when you're buying it the first time, you're like, what the heck am I doing? How do I structure it? How do I get the right property? Am I buying in the right place? So we put the whole community of Cashflow Tactics together and we relaunched a couple years ago. And I'm so grateful to be able to t tell you at this point, in the last two years, we've helped people secure $22 million in vaults. And what that means, that's $22 million that is not riding the roller coaster of Wall Street. That wow. is eliminated from taxes forever. That's money that can now be leveraged to then go create freedom. So $22 million in, in vaults. We've done over 530 transactions in real estate, creating a combined about $140,000 in passive monthly cash flow for our community. That's money that's coming in every single month for the people inside of our community. We've helped people save almost a million dollars. We're right at about $800,000 that we can measure in year one taxes with a tax strategy. And when you put all of that together, that is, that is what we've created in Cashflow Tactics. But the crazy part about it, those results are the results of only 20% of our community. 
the rest of the community heard it, they listened to it, they might have liked it, they did something with it, but they didn't move any further. The majority of the results have been generated by a very, very small amount of our community who heard it, saw it, and moved. That's the mm. whole thing. Like a game plan gets you excited, but a game plan is just a piece of paper. It's just a possibility. What you do with that possibility is what makes the difference. So I, f I feel like we've got the framework, we've got the strategy, we've got the resources. Anyone, I truly believe anyone with the right mindset that's willing to rise up can become financially free in 10 years or less. And the only reason I say that is I know, it worked for me, right? I mean, that's really, when I saw, when I, I went crazy, you know my story, I went a little bit crazy. But once I saw a possibility, I put my head down and I worked and worked and worked and I made it happen. And I've seen several people inside of our community do the same thing. So I know it works. And now it's just a matter of getting the, the message out there. And I know our message doesn't resonate with everyone. We're very abrasive and I, we don't do that to be rude. We do that to help people wake up. Yeah, I wouldn't even say it's abrasive. It's just different. You have to have an open mind to really understand what's possible. And you have to kind of look at those different strategies and steps and say, yeah, I believe and I can see how that makes sense and why that's so different from what I'm being told to do. So, so yeah, I mean, it, it, I guess you could say it's abrasive, but it's, it's just doing a 180 and, and going the, uh, the different path where you're not following everyone else that is, you know, going off into the darkness. <laughs> they don't, they don't know where they're going and where they're going to end up. So, and the other thing about what you guys do is, is it's very simple and it's not necessarily, I guess, for lack of better words, sexy or, or, or the get rich quick or anything like that, which that's part of the things I love because we're, we're bombarded these days with the get rich quick. This is a, you know, a B C, you know, kind of strategy. But like you said, you have to do the work that, that surprises me that, I mean, I guess it doesn't, it surprises me that you say 80% of your group or, or the people that see your program and, and take a step into uh, the program, see how amazing it is and then don't do it. And, and I'm telling you, I'm not going to be one of those guys. <laughs> well, it was, I'm going to be part of the 20% for sure. You absolutely are. Cause I remember as soon as you got into the game, you watched all of the videos. And I remember when we, so Okay. And, and I don't know how many people follow this, but Russell Brunson, he is number one. He's, he's our mentor in, in helping us get this message out there, Absolutely. but he's a client. He's a cash flow tactics person as well. He follows because he's really good at making money, but guess what? He's not very good at converting it into passive income. He's not really very good at keeping it. So that's helped him. But when we first took this to him, we said, okay, we've got this. And he saw it all. He's like, okay, well you should create a six part course and you should do like one video. I'm like, that doesn't work. People aren't empowered with a six-part course. That might help them, you know, change their mentality for one step, but no one's going to get a result on six-part series. And against his, his recommendation, how, how long is the Cashflow Tactics Academy? Right? That's 90 videos. Yeah, like it's got 80, 80, 90 videos. <laughs> not, right? I mean, like, so by definition, this is not a get-rich-quick. This is not an overnight success. And there is no such thing in any industry, in any walk of life as an overnight success people acknowledge success when they see it, but no one, no one goes back and says, what did they do to get that outcome? Right. And anyone that's had success in any area of their life, they, everyone understands that that was an, not an overnight thing. That was something that was worked for practiced, uh, repeated, you know, the, the, the pits that you have to go through success comes on the tail ends of rising up. And that's, man, we, we don't want to work with any, everyone. We want to be very definitive in who's going to get results and what's required to get them. 
Yeah, I, I went through all of that. And, and just, a, just a tip for any, any listener uh, that's just going through some of that. I put it on like 1.5 and just kind of really, you know, not, not that it just, I sped it up a little bit just because I, I was so eager to get to that next thing and to understand. And I, I knew bits and pieces of it already. I mean, I had, I started a whole life uh, cash policy uh, um, probably uh, five or six years ago. And so I have say $14,000 in that account now. And I don't even know if I set that up correctly. I'm going to, I'm going to work with your team and, and see if it's, if it's set up properly. I did it for like infinite banking and, and different uh, strategies, very, very similar to what you're doing, but um, you know, just definitely a little bit different because it wasn't focused on cash flow. It wasn't focused on taking uh, it out, reinvesting in real estate and then re repaying that uh, through the cash flow of that real estate. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to kind of continue along this path and, and dig into it's, it's, it's so interesting merging those two things. You have real estate and you have uh, cash flow, or, or I'm sorry, you have uh, the whole life policies and it's, it's rocket fuel when you put them two together. Like it just makes sense. It's amazing. I love, I love that you see it. And I, I think the biggest advantage of putting those two together is like I've, I've talked to so many people in real estate, in business, in, you know, professions, and they've made a lot of money, right? And, and the trap of making a lot of money is you feel successful, but in the long run, true freedom and abundance isn't from what you've made, it's from what you've kept. And, you know, as I went into the world of real estate and I started talking to people that had made hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, that was what they kind of stood up and popped their chest out on. But then when you really went one level deeper, they hadn't kept any of it, right? It wasn't like it. They had to show up and keep working and keep grinding and keep hustling because they were just good at making money and that's it. And what a vault does is it systematically takes money off the table. It, it helps you make money and then gives you a place to keep your money. And so you're constantly leveling up and stabilizing abundance, leveling up and stabilizing abundance. And that over the years, man, I, I wouldn't trade one for the other because my real estate has been amazing at helping me generate cash flow and be free. But on the flip side of that, growing wealthier and having literal money to show for that every single year inside of my vaults has been just a fantastic combination. And it's given me not only a sense of confidence inside of my life, but a sense of certainty. I know how to make money. I know how to keep it. I know how to turn it into cash flow. And all along the way, I remember what this is all about. It's not about one day. It's about living present and intentional in the present moment. So much of our education is about giving people permission to live wealthy right now, to recognize and realize that living wealthy, that's one of the best investments you can make. I think that's huge to, to be able to live your life with your expenses met through your cash flow, um, just gives you that freedom. That's exactly what it is. It just frees you up, uh, to, to really enjoy life right now. Can, you know, we're, we're just coming to the end here. Just, just share with me where, or, or when it was for you that, that that flipped? When did you, you know, and what, what was the feeling when you reached that financial freedom point uh, and, and it kind of flipped for you? Was there, was there a moment in time you realized it or was it just, yeah. you know, do you, can you remember back? I'll never forget the first time I, I, I you know, bought my cash flowing piece of real estate and I saw cash flow coming in independent of me trading my time for dollars that opened up a new possibility. And I put my head down and I started to buy property and buy property. And eventually, you know, I, I was miserable in my job in the beginning because I felt like it was just suffering through for one day. But once I saw a pathway to freedom, like I didn't, 
I still cared about my job because it was my way of earning active income, but I stopped obsessing about it. It didn't define me. It didn't control my life. And it was a tool. So I actually brought more energy to my job because it was a tool to make money and then turn money into freedom. So like my whole mentality around my profession changed. So I was more, I was more not satisfied, but at least more at ease with having a job. But I'll never forget, man, I was in Colorado and um, I was, it was, it was, I don't know, maybe four or five years after 2008 and, and companies were still kind of contracting. And every time they contracted the people that, you know, didn't, that survived the cuts just took on more responsibility. Yep. And I was sitting in with my boss and I already managed a pretty big territory and I was sitting with my boss and he told me, Hey, we need you to take over two more States. And I remember I was right at that teeter point. I wasn't free to the sense that I could replace my lifestyle. I couldn't travel to Paris every year and all of, all of that kind of stuff, but I had enough cash flow coming in that I could keep the lights on in my, and like I knew I could pay my mortgage. I could put food on the table and like it, I had this sense of permission and the sense of confidence and even a sense of power. And when my boss told me that, I remember thinking like, had I not had that cash flow, I would have just said, yeah, okay. I yes, mean, I sir. Yeah, sir. But he told me that. And I sat there silent for like two minutes. He's like, Ryan, you're, you're going to take over these two States. And I'm like, you know what, Rob? No, I'm, I'm quitting. <laughs> I quit like right on the spot. You quit just out of the blue, like on the spot like that. I mean, I, it wasn't quite out of the blue, but I've been toying with it. Like I was nervous. I was really scared to do it. But so I've been toying with it for like six months leading up to that. Cause I could see the cash. Like I could see the last four and a half years of success inside of my game plan. And I could see it like it was this tipping point. And so I'd been experimenting all that, you know, for the last 18 months with a lot of side hustles outside of my career. Mm-hmm. And when my boss told me what was going to be required to, to keep earning that paycheck, I was scared to do it, but I had that sense of permission. I told him no. And I remember walking out of his office, he was flabbergasted. He, he tried to, no, he, you know, he tried to throw more bonuses and more money. Sure. And like, at that point it was done. Like I'd made the decision that was done. And I remember calling my wife and I was like, Hey Beth, um, I just quit. And she's like, it's about time. <laughs> It was That's awesome. great. <laughs> That's a good reaction for her to have. The first time I it truly felt real to me at that point was, was when I quit. And, you know, I didn't quit to go sit on the beach. Like immediately after that's when, you know, Brad and I started what we do now. We started like going all in on it. And, you know, that's gratefully, I didn't see myself when I quit being what I'm doing now. I didn't see that at all, but man, it opened up the possibility of what do I want to do with my time? Yeah. And to that really quick, when you had the time, right? Like, so you had side hustles and you, that you were seeing them succeed and, and you were investing in your real estate and the cash flow was starting to build up. When you removed yourself from that job, were you like, holy cow, I actually have all of this time. Like I have an extra 40 or 50 or 60 hours a week. Um, did it hit you like that? Or how did that, how did that feel? Yeah, it did, man. For the first couple of weeks, actually, I just like, I'm, I had to like de-stress and just like, like almost purge all of the, the stress that I'd carried inside of my corporate job. I just de-stressed my wife and I, we went to a cabin up in Estes Park and just, we took the family and I just breathed, right? And I just got grounded in the present moment. And then I asked myself three powerful questions. And this is the essence of the game plan. And people think that everything we talk about is money and rates of return and all of that stuff. But the three questions I asked myself is, what do I want? I got very clear in my mind what the ideal life would me, for me would look like, right? And, you know, after you take a little bit of time off, especially if you're in this producer type of mentality, mm-hmm. like you realize, what do I want to do with my time? I don't want to sit on the beach. I don't want to sit in a cabin for the rest of my life. If, if money wasn't an issue, what would I do with my time? So what do I want? And then I got emotionally connected to it. Why does that thing that I want matter to me? 
And then the last question is, who do I have to become? And I'm passionate about education. I'm passionate about helping other people and empowering other people. Like one of my first side hustles was, it's called Empowered Life Solutions. It was empowering people with holistic solutions around anxiety and depression. And I love seeing people live stronger, more proactive, healthy lives with tools that are internal to them, right? And that's, I realized that's what I love. I'm passionate about helping people. I'm good at educating and I have something that works and I have a lot of people asking me about what I'm doing with my financial plan. Let's do it. And that's really where it started. Beautiful. Well, uh, I think we've went over a huge amount of stuff uh, today and, and for me, it's been kind of mind shifting and I hope for our audience, it's mind shifting and they've opened their mind to these different concepts. And so where can they find you? Um, where, where can they dig deeper and, and jump into what you guys have? Awesome, Sharif. Yeah, man. And inside of the show notes, I think you're going to put a link towards the academy. Yep. That's if you want to go on a deep dive and if you want your mind to be totally blown, right, go into the academy. Use the link that Sharif has. It'll, it'll give you access to the same 90 plus videos that Sharif watched. And I promise you, you'll never look at money the same way again. Like that, that $500 will shift your perspective on money. You might not be one of the people that does anything with it, but you'll never look at money the same way again. So that's one way to do it. Now, we recently just launched a free Facebook group. So you can find us on Facebook. We do a live challenge inside of there. And that Facebook group is meant for people that want to kind of kick the tires a little bit, you know, interact with people that have got results, you know, kind of go a little bit slower to determine, man, are these guys crazy or are they onto something? And so that I'm pretty sure I should probably know it is Cashflow Tactics. I don't know. I'll put a, I'll put a link to it yeah, as yeah, well on the show notes. Cashflow Tactics something academy or something like that. I'm not sure. But yeah, Sharif will put a link to that. And then that's where it starts, man. Get in the game, start to understand, but everything when you're ready to see your path to freedom, everything centers on a game plan. And, and, you know, again, we've been told by all of our marketing mentors that we can't do game plans because that's not scalable. But our goal isn't to, you know, give people something that gets them excited. Our, our goal is to give people an action plan that they can follow to get results. So your game plan is unique to you. It's based on your resources and your goals, and it'll give you your path to financial freedom in 10 years or less. That is beautiful. Um, I just want to say thank you for coming on the show and sharing this with our audience. Uh, Ryan, you have just such a passion for this and the impact that you're going to make on people on, on just this generation, but their family and the generation's future uh, from that is phenomenal. So, so thank you and keep doing what you're doing. Uh, it really is making an impact. So again, thanks so much for coming on, Ryan. I appreciate it. Sharif, it was an absolute pleasure and honor. Thank you. <laughs>